Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. And just before we get started here, I just want to let you guys know that as of yesterday, we published on the website a conversation that I had with Eric Hjorlifsson about the updated Hoji Ski. And so if you have yet to check out that conversation, well, it's Hoji talking about the new Hoji. And so if you're listening to Gear 30, that should be all I need to say here. But it's typically great hoji talking about skis so we will put a link to that video in the show notes of this episode go listen to hoji talk about his own ski but right now i am very happy to have on the line the man who even adam clark can make look good in ski photos paul forward (laughs) paul (laughs) i've been i've been dying to say that like for the past week since since i knew we were going to do this conversation so uh yeah hey jonathan how are you (laughs) i'm good um it's got i felt a little bad like adam and i talked about you quite a bit in our blister podcast conversation that i had with adam uh about two weeks ago now um and before we get started here i guess i was curious you listened after the fact to that conversation I was kind of curious, like, did you learn things about Adam in that conversation that you didn't already know, having spent quite a good bit of time with with Adam in Alaska? Yeah, and it made me feel bad that I hadn't, like, asked, like, gotten more of his personal story. <laughs> um, I thought I learned, like, the origins of his photo career were was really cool to hear about, and I want to I wanna talk to him about it more, but the dentist with the camera, the, the how denti- cool is that? The dentist and the whale that? watching. I mean, I think people got the, got the the vibe from that podcast. Adam's like an incredibly cool guy. Like he's just like the kind of person you just like. He's a cool person to be around. He's fun to talk to. Like he's he's an awesome guy. And it makes me want yeah. makes me want to talk yeah. to him more after hearing him after hearing your guys' conversation. <laughs> and I am serious about Operation. Let's uh, let's see about scheming and. As every Gear 30 listener knows, I am overdue on my trip to Alaska, which got canceled last spring because of COVID. And uh, so I still need to get out there. And uh, hey, if we if we get Adam in the mix with us, that that seems like, you know, even more fun. Dream trip. Let's do it. Sounds Dream amazing. Trip. Well, hey, man, you are wrapping up a heli season with Chugach Powder Guides. Um, and so... We're going to dive in and talk about a number of Powskis that you've been reviewing this season. And in case any of you have not checked out Paul's review of the Moment Chipotle banana and the accompanying deep dive, which is impressive, let's just say, (laughs) fairly comprehensive when it comes to fatter Powskis, you all should check that out. But for now, I still wanted to kind of come in and talk about some of the, you know, at least a few of the skis that you've been spending time on. But before we get there, tell us a little bit about this season. This was not the simplest heli season for you. Fair to say? Yeah, I think that's accurate. Yeah. I mean, every season has its its ups and downs, but um, there are a lot of and you know, there's some things that were very public about the season that were really challenging. Um, and there was a you know, very tragic helicopter crash that hit real close to home for a lot of us. Um, and then, uh, the, the, uh, the conditions have been, we've skied, we've had great skiing for the most part, but it hasn't always been easy to find it. We had a lot of wind this year, um, with some of the, a lot of the storms that we got. And then, uh, and we got a real big, real big warm up here this week. Um, that's made things hard, but um, overall, it's been it's been a good season, except for the the obvious like really horrible part of it. And we were talking a bit earlier. I mean, just about some of the effects, you know, on the guiding community and the rest. And you know, I mean, we actually talked for about an hour before we started recording this. And you know, those things are significant. And I think that anybody who's at all familiar with the story, it would make sense, right? That um, a number of guides are, you know, just reevaluating things and the like. And, um, you know, and and yet you yourself were still out there a ton this season and 
guiding and doing your best to keep people safe and the rest and, you know, um, keeping things going. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's probably a whole other conversation the, about the, the accident, um, where a couple of, uh, very prominent and very, you know, good friends of ours, um, died in a helicopter crash, but, um, but yeah, um, it, it, it shook up the, the whole world quite a bit for sure. So, yeah. Well, for now, let's go ahead and talk about some of the stuff that you have been spending some time on. And it seems to me we might as well start with this uh, moment, Chipotle banana. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got that. I was really excited about that ski. I've been wanting to ski that Chipotle banana for, I mean, really since it first came out a long time ago and then it kind of disappeared for a while, I think. And then it kind of came back in moments kind of reserve category. And I was really excited um, that a pair of 193s made it up to Alaska earlier this winter. Got a lot of days in the heli with them. Got a lot of days uh, at Alaska with them. And it's a pretty unique ski. I mean, it's a unique ski on paper, right? I mean, it's full rocker, 2,400 grams. They make no reservations about saying that it's a fairly stiff ski, and it is. You know, it's, a, it's for, for skis that width, it's fairly stiff and heavy. And then it's got that, um, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of different names that different companies call it, but basically it has the same as Forefront's Reflect Tech, where the the base, the rocker profile matches the side cut. Meaning if you, the best way to describe it for those who aren't familiar with this is if you take the the base of the ski and then take this other ski and put the edge to it perpendicular, it basically matches up. Like there's not a gap or a, or, or a, any, any asymmetry there to the contact point. Is that a good way to describe that, Jonathan, you think? I'd yeah. say so. The, yeah. the idea of those skis is, and we've talked about it before, is that the, basically the the more edge you give the ski, the more you put the ski on edge, you're you're basically getting the same amount of like of the base engaging as you are of the edge, so to speak. If the ski's flat, you don't have a lot of ski engaging the snow, and if the ski's on edge, you know, in theory, you get the entire effective edge of the ski um, for, from the you know from like the widest point to widest point in the snow. If that makes sense, um, it's a cool concept. And mm-hmm. in general, like I've gotten along well with skis like that, and I think a lot of people have, which is why they, a lot of companies keep making them, and more companies kind of keep introducing skis with that kind of shape. The Chipotle banana first look made some waves on blister with a lot of our readership um and from um from carson oliver who um, was the designer of the ski it's like his pro model and i think some of the um some of the comments were geared toward my initial impression that there wasn't a ton of flotation uh out of that ski especially for a ski that's 122 millimeters underfoot and fully rockered mm-hmm. like lack of flotation is not something you would expect to be a criticism of <laughs> a ski with those credentials <laughs> but you know I, I don't know the magic formula for 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 getting skis to float well in the powder but um it it's it's a great ski it's it's an amazing ski for skin ch- crud and chop for a ski that fat underfoot it feels way skinnier if, i mean if you if you blindfolded me, I would swear I'm on like a hundred and eight underfoot ski or hundred and ten underfoot ski when I'm like skiing fast at Alaska. Like it's really great in those conditions, but in you know in deeper and more untracked snow, it it's like it goes it doesn't stay up. And I've played with the mount point a fair bit. I settled on being most happy myself at around oh somewhere around a centimeter and a half two centimeters somewhere between one and one and a half centimeters back from recommended um once i got back to like two centimeters it was still fun i skied some deep powder with it like that but it starts to feel like you're doing something with it you're not supposed to be like you start to lose some of the feel that you feel like you should be getting from that ski um but uh you know it took some work to keep it up and i i kept wondering like am i am i is it just the conditions i've had it out in like have i Am I just, this is in my head. And so um, a couple of times I uh, took advantage of <laughs> my job as a heli ski guide and threw a, an extra pair of skis in the basket for the day, which sometimes I can do depending on like what gear people have and how many guests I have for, for that day. And so I, I got out there with like my, <laughs> my quiver <laughs> in the basket, heli skiing. Um, but I, for example, I took um, 
back-to-back runs on a day we were skiing like pretty deep like you know boot top to knee deep like not exaggerating like deep low density powder um and a mix of like moderate and then some pretty steep steep slopes um and uh, I swapped back and forth between the Chipotle banana and the most recent iteration of the Forefront Renegade, which like isn't a ski that I'm like in love with, but I thought it was a valid comparison because they're the same. They're, they have really similar dimensions. They both um, utilize that rocker matching the side cut profile. And on paper, the only big difference really is the side cut radius is, is a bit different. The Renegade has a shorter shorter radius meaning to, for the rocker profile to match that it has it has a more dramatic rocker profile like it has more it's it splays out more i guess would be a way to describe that um and it was like whatever all the different ingredients are in those two skis it was like day and night my fir- first turn on the renegades after having skied basically you know the same run you know whatever a different variation of the run 100 100 meters over it was like oh yeah, I'm on top, I'm like smearing, I'm floating, and I'm doing it. I could do those things with the Renegade, with the Chipotle banana, but it was like way less effort to throw that ski around compared to the Renegade. And it wasn't because it's lighter, it was just, you could just feel how much looser it was in the snow and how the tips were, were planing up much quicker. Um, and yeah. So let me interrupt, Paul. Two things. I'm looking at our published deep dive on this, and... The Renegade, the tip splay on the Renegade is 89 millimeters. The tip splay on the Chipotle banana is 71. Mm-hmm. And it, it's actually, we measured it at 71 millimeters tip splay and tail splay. The Renegade is 89 at the tip, and, and then it drops to 35.5 at the tail. Interestingly, and this is kind of embarrassing because I spent a decent amount of time on the 191 renegade i am looking at this now and had forgotten its mount point is actually more forward than on the chipotle banana it's a minus 5.35 yep whereas the chipotle bananas like on the line is minus 5.85 so if i had to guess it strikes me you've got a, a lower tip splay on the chipotle banana and i'm going to assume I've never even seen a Chipotle banana in person. I'm just going to assume it's got a stiffer shovel up front. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Than the I Renegade. Yeah. And then it, that's probably what is, um, if I was going to, you know, again, I haven't skied it, but if I was going to try to help highlight what might be going on, if that shovel is just feeling stiff enough, well, then it, I could see how that ski could be super fun in shallower pow and chop just good stability but maybe that's why not it's not planing the way you were expecting it to yeah no i think that's right i think that's totally right and you know this for what it's worth i mean i've also skied those two skis in the same day at alieska on a powder day and i can ski more comfortably much faster on the chipotle banana than the renegade in the same in the same chop and crud um it just feels like it's a lot more ski and it's 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 got better suspension it's just kind of crushing through stuff whereas the the renegade gets knocked around a fair bit in comparison Mm -hmm. so it's not without it's not you know the it's it's you know they're they're different skis but it was it was pretty dramatic difference and i and i really uh you know i certainly there's plenty of people that ski a lot faster than i do um but I don't fully buy that you just need to ski the Chipotle banana faster for it to plane up and, and be on top. I mean, that granted, if you go fast enough and stay neutral, you know, any ski is going to make its way to the surface. But um, I actually felt like I had to work harder, especially coming out, you know, like coming out of runouts, going really fast. Um, I felt like I was needed to be on my heels a little bit because if I had snow density changes or weird stuff happen, I was, I, I had the, the Chipotle banana tips were more likely to kind of engage and dive uh, if I wasn't paying attention, whereas skis that have more float, bigger shovels, whatever the characteristics make them float better, I can just kind of stand in the center or kind of lean into my boots a little bit and cruise out across that stuff. It, you know, and I'm talking about, like, coming out of a big, long run, going real fast, um, and that, that was my experience, so for what it's worth. As long, if the snow was deep, if the snow was shallow, like you said, or choppy or cruddy, then I could just, I could push real hard in those Chipotle bananas, but yeah. 
how much uh how much time did you ever spend on the moment meridian just that pair we had in new zealand that first year they came out yep okay um i was just curious how and maybe that was too long ago but like how similar or different that meridian felt to the chipotle banana oh i just i mean my memory is that it just felt it felt quite a bit turnier like it i i i'd be uh-huh. i i don't have the specs in front of me but i'd be really surprised if it doesn't have a much shorter turn radius than the chipotle banana um uh i, I thought it was fun but it, it's a i thought it was a pretty different ski and i don't think it has the okay. the top end of the um the chipotle banana you know the the chipotle banana reminds me if uh, when you're talking about skinnier skis it reminds me most of that um gen 1 194 devastator huh not as heavy and not not as heavy feeling but but similar like you know then that ski also had the same side cut rocker kind of match um setup and and, you know for those who haven't skied the 194 or maybe and who knows what i know they lightened up that ski in further iterations the 194 and the 184 they should not have the same name on the top sheet uh, based on my experience. Like those two skis were vastly different in the older devastator. I haven't skied the new devastator. Um, yeah, I don't, I think just to clarify for people, I don't think that we can say anything about the dif- the difference between the two lengths now. Yeah, right. Um, one, we haven't skied the devastator in two different yep. lengths. Um, I know that Luke and Dylan are big fans of the, of the current Devastator, but um, yeah, back in the day, I mean, that 194 Devastator, I think was the heaviest ski we ever reviewed at Blister. Yep. It was like 20, it was 20, around 2,600 yep. grams. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, anyway, um, just, just anyway. I just didn't want somebody who skied the 184 to say, to like think that that's what the Chipotle banana is like, because it's definitely not like the 184 Devastator that was out there. Or the, the old, the the old, old 184 Devastator. Devastator. Yeah. Gen 1. Yep. Sorry. Uh, that's okay. Well, so to keep it moving here, anything else to say about the Renegade? Um, I guess I'm a little surprised to hear you don't, you don't sound that enthusiastic about it. Um, like, if you told me, okay, hey, you know, you're going to go skiing with Paul in Alaska for say seven days, 10 days, and you have to pick one ski or we're going to pick it for you. And it's going to be the renegade. I feel like I'd be pretty psyched. No, it's not a bad choice. Um, you know, here's my, my take on the renegade is that it's a really good ski for the right person. Um, and I'm not quite, I don't have the, like when you watch Hoji ski, you're like, that makes total sense that the Renegade is the ski that he skis on. Cause he has like, he's, he seems like he's like perfectly balanced in his skis all the time. And to me, that ski, if I get a little too far forward or a little too far back, I feel like I lose the sweet spot more easily than a lot of other powder skis where I can get, or I can get kind of move around a little bit. If I'm just in the right spot on it, it feels great. But if I get a little too far forward, it feels a little like I'm kind of rocking over on it. And if I get a little too far back, it kind of feels the same way. I have a hard time staying in like the sweet spot on that ski. Um, and I like, I like a ski that like, that has a little more, compared to some of the other skis we'll talk about it it doesn't engage like a carved turn as well whether that's in power or on firmer snow in my opinion mm-hmm. um uh, so oh, it's a great ski though i mean i and, like i know a lot of people use those skis in alaska a lot and i've got i know one of the guides i work with skis them every day and really likes them um but um but yeah I find it, I have to kind of, to get the most out of that ski, it's not like it's a super demanding ski, it's just to like, for it to really, to, for it really to shine and do what I want it to do, I have to like be in the right place on it all the time. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. You so far are suggesting you want more of a POW carver. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. Okay. Well, let's see if we get there in the skis we're going to be talking about. Next up... This Folsom Rapture. Funny you should mention the Folsom Rapture after that conversation. 
Okay. You and I have not talked about this no. ski yet. I mean, like, barely no. at all. So We haven't, and you haven't um, seen my review yet, because I haven't even sent it to Luke yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. So enlighten me. It's, it's, uh, it's been a journey uh, with that ski. but um, and, and, of course, I'm sure most of our listeners know that Folsom is custom ski, so that the rapture I have is a, is like all the norm. It's not anything different than you could order off their normal kind of menu, but there's lots of Folsom rapture variations possible. So I should preface it by saying that. And my pair yeah. is a 192 centimeter with the shallow reverse camber. And then like kind of like middle of the road, as far as like stiffness and heaviness on the layups, I'll just leave it at that. You can read the review for the rest of the details. Um, but um, I started out with it mounted at recommended and it was like, real powerful carver tons of float i could not get the tails to like break free into drifted turns without like really exaggerating getting up on the shovels and Mm -hmm. i'm like a fairly forward stance skier like fairly like you know on my tip skier and i was like you know i really needed to exaggerate that and and for me for one of the traits of a heli ski i like it to be able to carve and i like to be able to lay into it but i also need it to like go sideways easily <laughs> for like long distances sometimes um, and be able to drift around and skid around and um, and it was not doing that and then heli season ended last year before I had a chance to like I only got a couple days on it um, before um, the pandemic shut us down and so I started it back up with this year um, I, I double checked talked to Mike at Folsom made sure we had the right tune and all that stuff going on it and um, and then uh I ended up, long story short, I, I skied a couple days and I ended up moving the bindings forward like centimeter and a half. And uh, that ski really came alive. It has, uh, it carves super well, whether it's like, you know, knee deep powder. I can like lay into a turn and like really push on any portion of the ski that I want and kind of get like, it's got a huge sweet spot. And uh, I, I never feel like I'm going to drive the tips under. And, um, I can throw it sideways and, and skid it out. Now it doesn't like it takes more work to do that than like big, you know, like than you you and Adam were talking about the Powabunga, maybe the e- the easiest <laughs> yeah. powder ski. And that's not a that's not a like a dig on that ski. That ski has yeah. some special mojo. <laughs> we're talking about the K two Powabunga. Uh, yeah, the, the long since discontinued giant green K two Powabunga. Um, that is probably <laughs> the easiest like mo- like powder ski you for like big Alaska terrain I can think of. Um, it's so it does not like that. Like, and I have actually also gone back to back runs on the same terrain between those two skis in the same day and confirmed that. Hmm. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, but it, it does everything pretty darn well. And that has honestly become hmm. that rapture has become the ski that I grab when I'm just like, want to go out and I don't want to think about my skis. I just want to ski hard and, and, figure out whatever I hit and, and be able to be able to ski well. Um, you know, I, that, that huh. DPS, the whatever version of the DPS Alchemist 124 that I have, which I'm not sure is the same as the current one. I still don't have a clear answer on that. Um, is, is very similar. Yeah. It's like a little bit lighter, a little bit looser, um, but doesn't the DPS. The, wait, wait, just yeah. to clarify the DPS, it was, I believe the Alchemist, the the Lotus 124 Alchemist construction yep. that was a lighter ski than the Folsom. Yeah, Rapture. it's got it's about 100 150 200 grams lighter, I think 100 grams. But okay. it uh, and it, and strangely enough, the the DPS is has camber, but it def, it still feels a little looser. It's still it's still a little floatier. It drifts a little easier. Has lower swing weight. It still carves great, but it um, the thing that's kind of won me over on the Rapture is like if there, especially the season where Hit, hit, I haven't dealt, had to deal with like, you know, a little more wind effect and other things like that as I'm working to find the right place to be. That rapture just smashes through that stuff, and the DPS was like, would get pushed around just a little bit more. Um, and, and like yeah. for example, I wouldn't wouldn't be that like an Alaska powder day is like it's awesome, but it's generally pretty heavy, and you usually want to ski that like kind of can crush stuff pretty well by the time you're on your, you know, by the time you're an hour or two into your day, and. The, the 124, like, I was, like, I would ski it there, but it was, like, never my favorite. The Rapture, I can ski for hours at Alaska and have a great time. Hmm. So, not not as not as unflappable and, as that Chipotle banana, <laughs> but it's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, do you, I'm surprised a little bit to hear you say that you ended up 
pushing the bindings forward to get to where you wanted to be on the rapture. That's, that's right. What, what was it originally set at? Crazy thing. It's only like minus eight and now they're at like, you know, six and a half or six. Which is exactly where the Chipotle banana is and the renegade. Totally. I mean, and and I think, I I mean, I just wondered if you were doing some, I was trying to make a joke about you doing some old man stuff, (laughs) but you actually pushed them forward, not backwards. So my joke doesn't really work. So you're skiing all of these at roughly around minus six. Yeah. And and that's not, that wasn't like me saying like, at no point did I say, I like powder skis at minus six. So I'm going to move them. So I'm going to be happy. All of it was, I try not to look too much at those things beforehand. I try to like, right. Same. kind of like dictate. And then I'll look later and be like, huh, um, that's funny. And I was, I I was surprised to get there. And, you know, and I, I, this is like starting to inform one of my burgeoning philosophies on skis, at least for like Alaska terrain is, um, instead of going to a shorter ski, keep the longer ski, just move the bindings forward. Like, I think that when people start getting real tail heavy on shorter skis, so they keep the tips up, they give up some of the ability to like break the ski free, which is a very important thing to be able to do in our terrain in big technical terrain. You want to be able to slide around. You want to be able to skid those tails out and have like a big stable platform under you. I actually think that's a stellar bit of, well, advice slash design philosophy. Um, I think that makes a ton of sense, actually. And um, I don't know. I it. You and I already talked about this before we actually hit the record button, but my new beloved Rosignol Sender Squad in a 194 that I just didn't bother to ski for a while because it was like, especially in CB, it was like, I don't need a 194 here. But now I'm like kind of in love with that ski and can't stop thinking about it or talking about it. (laughs) That's kind of the same thing. It's a 194, but it's a minus six mount. And you're just like stability for days. Yep. Yeah. And you just feel balanced. I mean, when you... And you feel balanced. When you throw that thing sideways, you feel like there's like you have a nice balance of like ski in front of you and behind you, which, you know, you don't need that on a on a carving ski, like an inbound ski, like a minus 11 or minus 10 or whatever on your mm-hmm. 178 or 181 all mountain yeah. ski. feels great because you're not, that's not an important characteristic to be able to like scrub them out and send them sideways all the time. But when yeah. you're in steep terrain or technical terrain, I think having like a, a, a fairly like balanced amount of ski in front of you and behind you as long as you're able to like as long as the rocker and the shape of the ski is working with you to be able to you know break free is to me it makes a big difference yeah interesting i like that good note wow i'm equally excited to hear you talk about this next ski in part because i was so mad when we sent this to you before i had a chance to ski it uh this (laughs) The things I do for you, Paul. What ski are we um, talking about? What, what ski is The this? Faction La Machine. <laughs> really? You wanted to ski that? Dude, that shape. Again, now, I have talked about how just when we, like, eyeball the shape of a ski, it doesn't always play out that, like, yes, that thing skis exactly the way we thought or whatever. But when I saw that thing, I was like, that's kind of everything that, in theory, I like about like in terms of a shape of a powski it spoke to me paul anyway but i have we have not we have not talked about this ski either we haven't even so, we, all we've said is the name of it we have i've given you no impression about nothing this ski at all i was because i was so mad that it that like <laughs> i came into hq i was like that thing is beautiful and Luke's like, we're sending it to Paul. Like, he just shuts me down on like right away. And uh, it's like, I hate that Paul forward. Because it's all the good luck. Anyway, tell me about it. All right. So this is, uh, we're going to run out of time. But I uh, I started out, so that ski, so part of the story of that ski is it's crazy light. It's way lighter than, than Faction says it is on their website. What, huh. what did it, it came in at what, like 1890 or 1850 or something like that? For 126 underfoot, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's something like that. It's like under 2,000 grams for sure. I can't, I can't, I don't have it right in front of me. But um, as I was, um, yeah, here I have Luke's weights right here. 1870 and 1895 for the 186. Wow, that's super light. 
126 underfoot. And mm -hmm. so um, I got that ski early in the year before heli season started, or before we really, I was heli skiing a little bit now and then, but I wasn't heli skiing all the time, and I wanted to get out on it. And I was like, man, I'm going to, I put some G3Zs on those things and started ski touring mm -hmm. on them. And uh, so here's the crazy thing. So A, the weight's crazy, and B, the other, like, exclamation point when you look through the specs on it is have you seen the measured mount point the recommended mount point on oh, the law yeah. machine yeah minus 13.1 <laughs> and this is like i was like having deja vu to the faction prime carbon that i took to japan like four or five yeah. years ago that was yep. a beautiful ski looked like a great shape and I ended, sure. up re I ended up, like, remounting it three times. I think I went forward of what was in quotation marks. Or actually, no, not quotation marks. What says on the line, the Candide mount point. I went forward. Right. I'm, like, a 40-year-old man <laughs> <laughs> who only skis in the forward direction. And I was like, I need to be forward of the Candide recommended mount right. to ski these. <laughs> I've always, though, Paul, always <laughs> thought of you as a more progressive skier than Candide, though. Just, you know, just so you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm sure everybody yeah. who sees me ski thinks that. Um, <laughs> yeah in terms of like progressive skiing it's like there's candide and then jesus i had a him and then you that's right. kind of how i always yeah. figured it went yeah 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 I, I, for sure i'm like totally in that world um not even close so um yeah so i was like oh god here we go again with the crazy mount point and so i started at two forward of that at minus 11 when i put the the touring bindings on there and, um, and they were fine. They were fun. I skied them with um, both the Zero-G Pro Tour and the, um, the Scarpa F1 LT, and they worked well with both. And I skied a lot of powder, and I had a great time. Um, but I, was, I, had, I had no doubt in my mind that when I remounted them for heli skiing, I was going to go way forward of that because mm -hmm. there was no reason to be back that far. There was plenty of tip. Um, and uh, so I put the – and I had to work around the holes a little bit when I remounted um, but I ended up, I'm basically at like around, right around like minus eight now, <laughs> five centimeters forward recommended, or, wow. or maybe, maybe like possibly even minus seven at the moment. And, uh, but I think it's, I think it really is. I think it's about minus seven or so minus seven to minus eight. And, uh, and they're freaking awesome. They're super fun. Hmm. They, uh, they basically do everything well and they don't feel like an, a 1900 gram ski. They feel you know, I've skied them in in deep blower power, but I've also skied them a bunch in like recently when we've been starting to get like some heater crust on stuff before as we're warming up, and then some hot pow, and then some high cold north pow, and then some corn, and um, they they are a great ski. They have a bigger a bigger sweet spot than the the Renegade, which on paper you know they're they're pretty similar, or at least when you hold them up in your garage and look at them side by side, they look similar. Um, they have well, they don't market it as far as I know. They have the same, like, m side cut matches the rocker, like, pretty much perfectly, just like a reflect tech ski. Um, hmm. Which, by the way, I, I, I think, I don't know if this is by design, but the Folsom's do too. They're almost perfect, almost a perfect match of rocker profile yeah. to side cut. Um, uh, so, like, all four of those skis basically ha share that trait. Um, but the, and this is probably... Uh, this might irritate some of the people out there who just love the the Renegade, but I feel like this is what the Renegade should have been. It's like light. Whoa. It's light enough to tour on, like to legitimately. Like I don't want to tour on a twenty one hundred gram ski all day. Um, uh, it's which isn't that what the isn't that what about what the Renegades are like two thousand to twenty one hundred in the one ninety one. It's I've got it at twenty one seventy three and twenty two oh four. So I mean I haven't. I'm sure that if I, I haven't skied the La Machine inbounds, um, like I haven't taken it to, to Alaska, um, but um, I'm sure it'll get knocked around a little bit more. But honestly, like in all the variable conditions I've encountered in the backcountry and then just in powder, I think it holds up and all that stuff at least as well as the Renegade. Um, but because hmm. it has a little lower, a little longer, um, it, it feels, even though the, the, the radius is, I think slightly shorter than the renegade um yeah it's 26 versus 30 it feels like it has like like less kind of rocking chair effect like more like a lower longer rocker profile 
Um, so it might, might just be the amount of taper the tips have or something, but it feels like it has a bigger sweet spot. It feels like you don't have to like be as balanced as much. I'm so surprised to hear you keep saying that about the Renegade because I have never felt like, especially on the 191, and I've actually been spending some time on the 184 Renegade oh, and the 191. Yeah. And personally, I actually... Just personally, I prefer the 191. I, I do feel like on the 184, for me, there is a little bit of a loss. I, I like the, Maybe it's obvious because it is a you know 184 rather than a 191, but I did feel like the 184 did have a, maybe a smaller sweet spot than I was uh, personally wanted. But the 191, I've never felt that way about that ski. So I, I'm just surprised to hear you, you know, I'm not saying you're wrong, Paul, but I'm just surprised to hear well, you I mean, talking that way. So, so I'll say two things to that. Uh, one is, is that I had one of my good buddies who's, who's, um, who's a guy that I work with. Um, he, he's taken actually two different buddies, um, have taken the, um, the renegades out lately and had the, and without me telling them like what I was thinking had like pretty similar thoughts. Um, but the other thing that I, I need to like say about all this stuff is I, I'm not saying it's like bad or that it's not great or that it's, I, I'm just saying that on the spectrum of like yeah, spectrum sweet, on the spectrum of like big sweet spot, you don't have to worry so much about where you are on the ski versus smaller. Um, it's closer to the, like the, you need to kind of be in the right place for it to work it. how you want it to work compared to some of these other skis I'm talking about. It's not like it's this like hingy monster where if you're not just in the right spot, you're going to either go over the tips or fall over backward. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not that. It, um, it, to me, it just felt like I was never, and maybe I just need to spend more time on them, but I was, if I wanted to like, for example, this is when I really notice it. You're coming up, you're like in a big open powder field or powder face and there's like a, a little fin or something and you want to just like lay a big like right footer into it and Put, put put a little more weight on your downhill ski, like 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 you're actually like you know car like you're making a proper turn, where you're pushing a lot more weight and you're getting angulated. Um, it felt it, it felt harder to figure out like quite where to be to like get the ski to engage and carve. Um, Got it. Uh, and get like some, get some push and some power out of the tails at the end of the turn, but also like be like engaging the turn. I, it just it just didn't feel as intuitive as a lot of these other skis that I'm talking about. Got it. By the way, this entire conversation really, really has me missing the fact that, like, we haven't skied together in quite a while. <laughs> and, like, you were going to come out to the Blister Summit and then couldn't because of COVID. And then we haven't been doing our, like, Southern Hemisphere trips, which is when we got to ski together. So this is, like, exactly the conversations we would always have, <laughs> except if I was like, I think you're crazy, then we could just switch skis. And so um, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm like, missing, missing that. So we have got to, we've had two, two aborted attempts, me coming to AK a year ago, and then you coming out to CB... Uh, I know a couple months ago. So like we have got to get this back on track. I know it. I can't, I mean, I don't want to complain about the <laughs> pandemic because there's been lots of worse things that the pandemic, but yeah. Damn it. <laughs> COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, just saying, but, uh, yeah, this was, this is always, I mean, this is literally part of it. Like on our review trips or when we're just doing our thing every day, you know, if we're just skiing here in Crested Butte and it's like, I'm on a ski that Luke was just on or vice versa. Like, this is how we talk on chairlifts. Right. And it's like, what, what was going on here? What did you think? And we just kind of try to work that out. So this is a nice little window into like literally all the conversations at blister. So oh, man. anyway, well, we'll get, we'll all get together one of these days. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, did we have anything else to say about La Machine? Um, no, I mean, just, I mean, just what I was getting at there was, it, it's like, it is kind of like what the Hoji has been marketed as for years is this like really intuitive, fun, drifty, carvy, you know, touring friendly powder ski. I mean, La Machine kind of is that provided that you don't mount it anywhere near where they tell you to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, everyone should stay tuned for Paul's review, uh, where we'll get 
the rest of these details kind of fleshed out and you know Paul Forward can tell you exactly where he thinks you ought to be mounting your oh, God. <laughs> La Machine. Um, it's a cool ski. Right. <laughs> yeah. Next ski, I'm going to say it their way for once, the Blizzard Spur. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't want this to be this weird thing where you say Blizzard and I say Blizzard and we go back and forth passive-aggressively. Are you, so thank you for are saying you fully, Blizzard. Are you fully team Blizzard? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't I, do it. I, I just I, can't. I mean, at one point in my life, I would have called myself fluent in German. I think I'm past that now. But like, I'm gonna call that ski bliz- a blizzard. Yeah, it's a bl- okay. it's blizzard. Okay. <laughs> That's what they say, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess they do. Um, so this spur name has been in the blizzard lineup for quite some time. And just now gone through a number of radical revisions. In fact, I hadn't thought about this before, but I might make the case that has there ever been a ski that has kept the same name that has gone through like such radical departures? Maybe, maybe there has been, but can you think of any contenders? Hmm has changed that much in between iterations um probably but i can't not that i can think of off the top of my head all right that was a test you failed what which what what's what was the answer i i don't know i think it's this (laughs) oh yeah it's this well yeah. yeah um okay well a spur is a spur is a spur except that's not at all true so tell us about this most recent version of the spur right so we're talking about the green one the the cool the green, green and argyle retro yeah retro argyle looking graphic which i actually think is a pretty cool looking ski honestly me too um right and i should say that i never skied the asymmetrical one um i never got on it so uh, my my previous spur experiences were the original white uh spur the very first generation of the blizzard spur as far as i know and, now pause i I absolutely still to this day love that ski. Where were you with that original spur? Um, I really liked it, and um, and I still I have two things I'll say about that. One, I'm pretty I'm my ski has a different rocker profile than the the black ones you have that you skied. Okay, um, they don't have as much rocker, which I think they would have done well with a little bit more. And I bet okay. that's why you liked yours so much. But I really liked them. And I actually threw them in my car the other day because I was going to take them heli skiing because I wanted to remind myself if I still, sometimes, you know, you're like, uh, you're like, was that ski really as good as I thought it was after all, <laughs> the, all the stuff I've skied since? Because I don't think I've skied it since like, even since I had like the Lotus 124s, it's been three or four years since I've skied that spur. So I, it's in my car right now. I was hoping to take it out. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll take it next couple days. But, hmm. um, anyway, um, so the new spur is uh, is not my favorite ski for for anything I've done so far. I've really struggled. I've really struggled to figure out how to make that ski work. <laughs> it's not your favorite ski for anything you've done so far. I want to f- I want to think of something about it that I, that's good. I mean, it's 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 you know, it, it for how fat it is, it's like pretty decent. It's like, you know, on a, on firmer snow, you know, smooth smashing around the resort. It's really stiff. It has very little tip and tail rocker. It's flat. It's very stiff. And um, it has, you know, I, I've been trying to figure out, because this is honestly the ski I was, like, most excited about of all the new powder skis this year because the shape looks so good. And it comes down, it, it comes in sizes from 159 to 189. And for anyone out there who is, like, a small person who wants to go ski deep snow a lot or all the heli and cat skiing operators out there who who rent skis like you want a ski on the market that comes in short lengths and so it was like yes this makes sense they're listening to the operators like perfect 127 underfoot let's that's that seems perfect let's do this um i really struggled to to make that ski work for me um you know it comes with a a three degree um, side bevel, so which I'm not sure why it it, it has that. Aggra- I haven't. I have. I need to get it. I need to 
the detunit. Um, the pair I had has some D-lambs in the tip after one day of heli-skiing, which is typically not that hard on skis. Um, it's not like I hit any rocks or anything. Um, actually, I guess it was three days because I loaned them out to two other guys to try also. But they're, they're not, they didn't. there's no like core shots or edge compressions or anything. Um, so there's like a D-lamb. I have a second pair that, um, and then we have a few pairs of the hanger in different lengths that, um, and honestly, watching people ski on them, I, 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 you know, I've, I've had people have, have a fun day on them, but um, I, I don't think it's what, at least in its current iteration, it's it's what the ski is marketed as, which is like a, a easygoing powder hmm. ski. I, I really don't. Um, it, it's a ski that you have to think about a lot when you're skiing it. Um, it, it's, it tends to be kind of hooky, and it... Um, and that's with like a wicked detune. Like I mean, like I'm talking bastard file at 45 degrees. <laughs> um, you just ripped the edges after off I skied, After I skied it the first day, I was like, these things need a really significant detune. Maybe they just needed like a retune. They needed to like you know go in and I, I mm-hmm. you know I didn't I haven't put a true bar on them. I don't know if the if they have some issue there, but. Um, I've struggled to make that ski work and I want to try it again and I want to give them some more time. And I'm going to, I've just, I just drilled holes in the second pair to try to take them out. Um, it's also a ski where it seems like the recommended mount point is, is a little suspect. Um, I think, uh, the other guides that have tried them, we've all gone a little forward some of us more than others. Um, hmm. and then and these are the same people who like, like I'm literally talking about some of the same people who went five centimeters back on the vocal revolt 121 <laughs> are going like several centimeters forward on the on the spur. I'm struggling to figure that ski out, and, and I, I feel like the shape's off. Awesome. If I had to guess, I would guess that you take that same shape, you add a, the rustler rocker profile to it, and mm-hmm. soften it up a little bit, and it's probably going to be a blast. <laughs> huh. So okay. So basically, just soften up the flex pattern a bit add more tip and tail splay yeah yeah totally or or even not just add more tip and tail splay but like would you deepen yep i deepen the, the rocker, rocker line i would deepen yeah. the rocker lines yep yeah okay. i mean it's 127 underfoot you don't need the ski to like you're, yeah carve well yeah on hard snow yeah i mean like look at that silly powabunga like if you saw that ski you'd be like I mean, I've seen lots of people go flex it and just laugh and say, I could never ski this. And then they go ski it and they're like, oh, well, that was fun. <laughs> I mean, that thing is the noodliest noodle of all skis, um, but it works great. And I'm not saying that the spur needs to be a noodle, but I think it needs to be, I think I, for me personally, for what I like to do, I think I would like it a lot more if it was a bit softer. Hmm. Interesting. And I don't understand good- why it is so stiff. You know, it's way stiffer than the Rustler 11. Way stiffer. Okay, well, we've talked about a couple of stiff skis here. Is it stiffer than the Chipotle banana? Does uh, it fe- I should just say not not how does it hand flex, but when you're actually yeah. skiing. Yeah, it does. It's, it yeah. I it would, feels I would stiffer yes. than that. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I, I would I think it hand flexes. A little, I I think Luke. Uh, yeah, I, I know he didn't because he never got the Chipotle bananas. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I would. I think that it hand flexes just off the top of my head. I bet it hand flexes tip to tail stiffer than the Chipotle banana. Okay. All right. Um, well, good note. And I mean, that's kind of what we're here for. And it's like, you know, I that would be awesome if if Blizzard is going to stick with this spur, but could like, I mean, at a you know. Um, at a minimum, go a bit softer this year, maybe get a m- bit more tip and tail rocker. It sounds like that iteration of this ski would be one, well, I'd want to try it, and it sounds like you would too. Yeah, I, I think it'd be, I think the potential, I think the shape is great. It looks like a great shape. I just think it's, it's not, it's, it's not quite, the, the, pro, the rocker and the flex don't match the shape, in my opinion. Okay. Um, all right, it is now after midnight here in crested butte uh so i think we're gonna just talk about one more ski here and then i'm gonna let you go and i'm gonna (laughs) we need to talk about we actually need to talk about two but we'll be make it quick all right (laughs) which two are we talking about we need to talk about the numinous and we need to talk about the ragnarok asim okay all right numinous first kai shapes numinous i'll be quick um it's very heavy like 
25, 60, 2,600 grams. Um, has camber underfoot. It is fairly stiff. And um, it's, I wouldn't say that, um, I've skied them at Alaska, I've skied them uh, heli-skiing. It, you know, it's kind of in the same class as the Chipotle Banana in that it's like an athlete-designed ski designed by people who are skiing big, steep terrain, going really fast, and who want to have a ski that, like, can land backwards, basically, right, and ski backwards. Mm-hmm. And um, and that ma- it makes sense. I mean, it's um, it blows my mind that, that Kai is doing the tricks he's doing on a ski that heavy. Like, it's just all the more respect to him. <laughs> but um, uh, it, to me, like, the... It, it seems like it has, you know, nice suspension. Um, it hooks up well. The it isn't the most intuitive and easy to ski, easy to throw sideways ski, um, compared to like the Chipotle Banana. Um, it floats fairly well, maybe a little bit better overall. Um, the thing that had me scratching my head just slightly was um, how much, you know, it doesn't. It has a fairly um, fairly long stated radius of like 27 meters, but it has a pretty early taper. So like the wide part of the ski is like, if I'm remembering right, it's like over a foot back from the tip, right? It looks, you look down, you're like, why, why don't I have more effective edge? Like when I'm on firm snow and you would think that might make it feel real drifty, but it, it doesn't really, I feel like it's like kind of a lot of negatives without, without the positives. Hmm. Um, I'm not quite sure what the thought was there. And, And you know, that said, I don't think I'm the target market for that ski. You know, I think it's p- people who are like skiing steep technical terrain and, and doing tricks. And um, I, I ski a lot of steep technical terrain, but I, I don't value, I don't need to be able to land backwards or, um, or, um, or ski backwards. And I think that looking at the tail shape on this thing, it seems like that's, that was it definitely heavily in mind when it was designed. It seems like it's got a big old turned up tail. Got it. All right, you might not be the target demographic. I don't think so, but it's cool ski. It's heavy and damp, and um, I think for you know maritime snowpack, it, it, it makes sense um, for sure. It'd be a fun, okay. fun ski. I'll, I'll, I'll get a little bit more time on it, but um, and I also um, that's that's a measured mount point of like, I think it was like minus five or even less, like minus four and a half or something like that. Um, I tried it a little bit there, and I ended up moving it back a couple centimeters. Turns out ended up at around minus six, minus seven. <laughs> Funny enough. Yeah, it's on the line. The numinous is minus four point five five, and you're at six, which is apparently what I've learned in this conversation. <laughs> you only now like all your powskis at like minus six, minus seven. Ah, uh, maybe yeah. Funny, um, and that may be you know the fact that I'm. It may just be like some skis have a have a big sweet spot for like you can move binding all over the place and and get different experiences and some skis like work really well for their intended purpose at the recommended mount point and it may be like for me at minus 4.5 i didn't feel like i had enough tip in powder to like be able to kind of lean into my boots um especially when i wanted to be lazy and just ski the last thousand feet just like standing there pushing into my shins um and uh so I moved it back a couple centimeters, to, but it may be that that's why they don't break free and drift quite as easily as I, as I wish they would, because I'm just a little too far back for the shape. Got it. Um, and then let's just end on the the white dot Ragnarok A-SIM. Okay. Also a new ski for, for me this year. Um, I got it on a little bit last spring. Um, also fairly light, uh, twenty under one, under 2,100 grams. Um, I also started with those with touring bindings because I got them last year, kind of right as heli season ended, and um, um, put them at recommended at about minus seven. And uh, you know, for being like a really weird looking ski with that asymmetric shape, you would never guess that. Like it just feels like a nice balanced all around powder ski. Like there's, it's like fairly unremarkable. It floats well, it carves well, it's like does just fine in the chop and the. Um, the kind of unpredictable snow it's like it's a pretty good all-around powder ski i can't really say anything bad about it 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 doesn't have the same top end as like the rapture um Mm -hmm. it it starts to get knocked around a little bit um but um the tips stay up on top it feels really nice and balanced it feels like you're a little more forward than like it feels more forward 
than the Rapture, honestly, even though it's a, I've got it a centimeter further back. Um, uh, but it's just a cool ski, cool all-around ski. I can't say anything bad about it. The, 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 you know, aside from like the weird shape, the rocker profile is super weird. It's like very abrupt transition. It reminds me of those old surface skis. Look like somebody had broken them before they. Mm-hmm. You remember those things? Yeah, oh yeah. The, the, like if you look at the rocker profile on the white dot, you're like, oh, it looks like it's broken a little bit. But it doesn't feel weird when you ski it. It doesn't feel like it's hingy or like you you, know, you, ha- you don't have that much effective edge. It feels fine. Um, so yeah, it's been a fun fun all around ski. Well, nice. Well, man, that is a pretty damn good summary of a number of fat skis out on the market. And uh, again, go check out Paul's Moment Chipotle Banana Review and the accompanying deep dive to get even more information and detail on a number of the skis we've talked about here, plus a bunch of others. We've got a couple reviews forthcoming. I don't know. Hopefully, Paul, when this season wraps up soon, you can uh, put some words to the page, as it were. Um, so I think that's kind of where we are on the Powski front for now. Sounds good. Hey, before I let you go, though, you know, we like to end these Gear 30 episodes with the what we're celebrating this week segment. Let me ask you, what are you celebrating this week? Um, well, today uh, I had a day off because I had to watch my son. And I uh, took advantage of that to get my first haircut in like maybe eight months. Um, Dude, I'm what? celebrating it less than my wife is. She, she's <laughs> like, you look like a human again. <laughs> I can't believe you have... N- well, I have never known you to be like the long hair guy. I think you had a long hair phase that you maybe told me about back in like college or something. Is that <laughs> Man, true? Good memory. Yeah, I, yeah. Used to, I used to cut my hair once a year for, for like oh, quite a few years. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't believe you remember that. That's hilarious. I'm good, Paul. You are. It's, 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 it's impressive. Yeah. It's impressive. I'm good. Um, is there any photo evidence of this? Can we put like an accompanying? So photo from either your college days or the last like i don't know like three days ago before you got the first haircut you had in eight months i no, def- i'm having a lot of trouble definitively no we don't even use cameras up here so <laughs> there's there's no evidence of any of this stuff okay um okay well you're celebrating your first haircut in eight I months also took a shower for the first time in a couple of weeks um, <laughs> so it was a big day for personal hygiene <laughs> It's heli season. Um, this is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens. Um, I told you earlier I, that you made me feel, uh, well, slightly better. Maybe you shouldn't, but um, the whole shower thing, the, 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 I think I was actually, well, I'm currently beating you on the frequency. I told you I've had two showers in one week and uh, you were, you were quite surprised by that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's I, good for you, man. <laughs> Someday, Paul, when you've really arrived, you too can shower like a couple times a week. Well, I, I've got to go back to my other job next week, and I'll be showering daily again. So, okay, just just when it's heli centric, they don't come as frequently. It's hard. It gets it's long, especially in the spring. Like once we get into mid March, the days are so long that. I get up, I get home late and get up early and I got a lot, got a lot on my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you do actually. Um, well, Hey, uh, this week then I have in my hand a glass of whistle pig 12 year whiskey and I apparently am going to be raising this glass to personal hygiene. (laughs) (laughs) That is what we are celebrating this week. And, uh, so yeah, cheers to personal hygiene and, uh, Cheers to catching up with friends, talking about skis, plotting the next time that we're actually going to ski together, even though we've been, you know, we've been knocked off twice now. I think, you know, they say third time's a charm, so. Yeah. Yeah. You, Adam Clark, and and me. Let's go do it. 
Let's go do oh, it. Bring Luke too. Three, th- uh, three is a good load. Bring uh, bring Luke also. Uh, we'll see. Luke he deser- told me he, he deserves doesn't... an Alaska trip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about all of this. So this this uh, this ski trip, the the bandwagon just keeps growing. It was just going to be me and you, and then we got Adam, and you're throwing Luke on, and so well, I think knows? Luke deserves it, and I think Adam is just such an awesome guy, and he'll photo document it like in an amazing True. way. So. This is good. You're making you're making a solid solid argument here. Okay, we will work on this, but for now, I'm going to let you go. And uh, yeah, man, as always, appreciate the conversation. Yeah, it's really fun, Jonathan. Thanks. Okay. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Gear 30. And so I want to say thanks to Paul, of course, for the conversation. Thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. And just a reminder... You should be sure to check out the conversation that I had with Hoji about the updated Hoji. We posted that yesterday, and uh, it's a good conversation. So check that out, too, and we will talk to you all real soon. Bye, everybody. All right, thanks, man. We are done.